What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton. This podcast is available on all platforms, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Make sure you also leave a comment on the page as well. You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also find me on the Twitterverse at S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also email the show at sportsbusiness at gmail.com. I want to be one of the last people to say Happy New Year to you and yours. I hope you all were able to ring it in safe and soundly. But I also wanted to tell you all something. Don't be that person that's talking about New Year, New Me. Because you're still the same person yesterday that you're going to be tomorrow. And also, also you mother show, I'm, all, I'm very, very curious. I've always had this theory. I don't need to wait till the New Year to be... Uh, to want to do better. I, I wake up every day trying to be better than what I was yesterday. So I had an old um, commander one time when I was in the military. It was right after Christmas. It was right after New Year's. And he kind of gave this one-off speech that he never was really known for. And it stuck with me. And he said, you know, you shouldn't have to wake up or you shouldn't have to wait for the New Year to want to do better. You should try to want to do the best that you can be every day that you get your, your butt up out of bed and your 10 toes hit the ground. That's that's your first indication of wanting to do better. So I, that stuck with me, and, and and it stuck with me a long time where it never occurred to me that I needed a New Year's resolution because I should try to do better than what I was yesterday. So email the show. I just want to know what some of y'all New Year's resolutions. Do you believe in those New Year's resolutions? Um, I'm not really one for New Year's resolutions because I always want to get up and I just want to be the best person that I can be. That I would, you know, I want to be better than I was yesterday. And like I said, also, I said this on social media, don't be that person talking about new year, new me. Like that is the worst cliche probably out there known to mankind. You don't need to wait to the new year to want to do better. If you want to get up and want to start losing weight, get your ass up and start going to the gym. If you want to start doing, you know, you want to try to go for that job, get up and go for that job today. You ain't got to wait for the new year. So don't be that person talking about new year, new, new me, because, you know, get up and do better than what you was yesterday is all you got to live by. And I promise you, you'll go a lot farther than what you've been doing. That's it. All that to say, we're going to get into some NFL action. Yes, I ended up watching some a little bit of college football this weekend, and I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent about that. And then I'm also going to get him in some of my NBA quick takes, um, some fast break points, and then also going to talk about the dummy of the day. Uh, it didn't really sit well with me, and the more I think about it, <clears throat> I, it, it ain't, it ain't, I ain't rocking with it at all. But um, yeah, so we had a, we had a pretty good slate of games again this past weekend for Week 17. Uh, the playoffs are pretty much set, I, I should say. We kind of know who are outside of one or I think what is it, four or five teams that kind of have still of a, especially in the NFC. It's almost a, a, a shoe-in fit that the Packers may get that last last playoff seed. I know the Seahawks are sitting right in it. Um, I think the Seahawks play the Rams next week, and then the Packers play the Lions. And if the Packers beat the Lions, it don't even matter if Seattle wins or not. The Packers are going to get that last seed, um, that last playoff spot. And then I think on the other side, I think it goes the Patriots might get that last last playoff spot. I think they're sitting right in it. So we we kind of got we kind of got a pretty good picture on who's going to be playing who. And the usual suspects are kind of in there when I'm talking about, you know, 
the Niners, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Cowboys, the Eagles. Um, we kind of got a good idea of what's about to be popping. But, man, but there's always a caveat. There are some teams that I've had them in my top five this, this week, or pretty much the entire season, where I've, I've been a little bit worried about them. And that one team is the Dallas Cowboys. There should have been no reason on Thursday night why they, they smoked the Tennessee Titans. Um, they they ended up winning. They ended up pulling away late in that game. But that game, it, it was a little bit closer than what the scoreboard tells you. Uh, I think Dak Prescott threw another two interceptions, which now he is tied for the league lead for th- most thrown interceptions with Derek Carr. And he missed five games. So it probably would is a good indication that he might have thrown more than what he's at, at right now. I think it's like 14 interceptions. So I've been... I'm not going to say I've been giving Dak Prescott the benefit of doubt, but I've kind of turned the other cheek and maybe been in a little bit of in denial as far as Dak's performance when it's time to, when the lights shine the brightest. And I'll take a little self-accountability where I've been, you know, I've wanted to see him succeed and I've been like, oh, well, he'll, he'll get it. He'll, he'll be all right. But you shouldn't be out here throwing two picks to a depleted Tennessee Titans defense where their entire team was practically on the injured list. And they played a majority of their backups because the game was pretty much a meaningless game because their game this Saturday against the Jaguars actually determines who wins the AFC South. So for them to basically throw that game away and they treated it like a preseason game and for you to be struggling, it's a little bit of a red flag. And I'm starting to sell some of my stock against Dak. And, you know, uh, the offense doesn't look like it's it was once as potent as what it was as well as far as straight up the defense i thought the defense the first month and a half of the season was one of the best defenses i've seen in a long time they seem to have taken a step back i know michael parsons dealing with some issues um trayvon Diggs isn't really ball hawking like he was last year and even earlier this season they're still able to get some turnovers but it just don't seem like they hitting like they used to and that gives me a little bit of doubt i can i mean i think right now they would be playing against the Buccaneers the Buccaneers beat them week one with Dak Prescott before he got hurt and that was an ugly game I don't know if I'm the Cowboys I would be a little bit worried that you're playing the Buccaneers especially after the way Tom Brady all of a sudden I don't know if he went into right race Al Ghul's fountain of you or Lazarus pit or what but my man started I mean I thought that I was looking at Tom Brady against Randy with Randy Moss with the New England Patriots days the way him and Mike Evans was connecting yesterday so it's very very if I'm the Cowboys I'm a little bit worried that they better get their act together because there they might be in a little bit of trouble now the good thing is they still got a shot for making the number one spot in the playoffs where they were earned that one week by and it's not unrealistic at this point I believe the Eagles would have to lose as well as the Cow- uh, the Niners as and the Vikings would all three would have to lose for the Cowboys to get that number one spot. And if we keeping it all the way 100, it's not an unlikely theory. Um, the, the, the Eagles, who this week I don't have them in my top five. Actually, I don't even have five teams in my top five right now. It's just the Bills, Niners, Chiefs, and Cincy. And the Bills and the Cincy game plays later on tonight. So, depending on when you listen to this podcast, whoever loses that, I'm not really going to take them out of my top four right now just because they went up heads heads, heads up against each other. But I am going to, um, whatever the losing team is, I am going to say, hey, it's a, you know, it's basically a, a playoff game. The Bills, they're playing for that number one seed still. The Bengals, I think they still have an outside shot. It's not, um, 
it's not a far-fetched idea. Also, if they lose, I think Baltimore still might get that division game too. So, uh, since he does have some, I'm sorry, since he, I should be saying, since he has an outside shot of getting that number one slot and they, so, or they might sit and mess around and go down and be a wild card. And I believe the Ravens could still swoop in and become the division champs. Um, if I'm not mistaken, based off of how things have played out. So I got the Bills, Niners, Chiefs, and Cincy. I don't have the Eagles in right now in my top five because they've lost two. Some can say it's because of Jalen Hurts not being there. And, yeah, let's keep it a buck. Jalen Hurts is the backbone of that team. And I think he's, 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 it shows that he should be the MVP. Um, the offense hasn't looked as well as they, they could have. I mean, I think there was like a fourth and inches where they literally ran the same play, the same quarterback sneak that they've been using with Jalen Hurts, and they weren't able to convert that on fourth down. They also, you know, gave up a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of points to the Cowboys the previous week. So they, I mean, they're in it. I mean, obviously Jalen Hurts kind of is the glue glue that keeps things together. So being the fact that they haven't been there, now they're, you know, they have a legitimate shot of possibly losing that number one overall uh, playoff seed where they're only, the only one seed gets that by. They're in a little bit of trouble right now. Um, so now it's the, the, the 50-50 question is, do you, you know, how healthy is Jalen Hurts? Is he just healthy enough to just to get by or is he healthy enough to be at 100%? And my thing is right now, if I am Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Eagles, I, I the Eagles are going to get, at a minimum, two home games if they don't win the number one overall seed. I think with that defense and the way that running game is, they can beat anybody on the road. Let's just say they have to play... San Francisco in San Francisco weather's not going to be too much of an issue outside of maybe rain it's probably going to be a little bit warmer so whether it'll be just about six one half dozen or other it would make no difference if they played in Philly or if they played in the Bay Area I'm not going to even throw this theory out there but I'll throw it out there just because if the Minnesota Vikings somehow get up to the NFC championship game it's in a controlled environment so if you're looking at the elements, and the elements do, does play a huge factor in these games, the Eagles, if they have to go on the road for the NFC Championship game, they, they're going to go to San Francisco where the weather's going to be straight, um, barring maybe, you know, maybe rain, but you could get rain in, in, in Philly as well. If you go to Dallas, you know, somehow they go all the way down to being a wild card, um, you go to Dallas, like, it's a controlled environment. Minnesota is a controlled environment. So going on the road, I think this team is well equipped to be able to win on the road. They won't have any weather issues going on some of these places on the road. Um, so I'm not really worried about it. But I will say the Niners, trap games are real. And I think yesterday was a trap game for the Niners against the Raiders. And if we keep it, in a, if we keep it in all the way 100 as well for that game, people from the Bay Area, that is a rivalry game. The Niners against the Raiders is a huge rivalry game. It's probably outside of, uh, I would say outside of the Seahawks and the Rams, you got to put the Raiders up there like that. Once upon a time, the Raiders used to be in Oakland. That's their crosstown rivals until this day. There's, it's still a, it was still a thing. I mean, it was damn near, I want to say it was a 60-40 split. Niners fans compared to Raiders fans at that game yesterday. So, I'm going to say that's a trap game. Also, uh, Jared Stenham, there's no film on this dude. Nobody knows who he is. The offense did look a little bit different. They were able to add a couple of wrinkles in. He's able to use his feet a little bit more. 
Um, so there was a couple of things. There was just no film on Jared Stidham. So I'm going to take that with a grain of salt for the Niners. But it was a trap game for them. If you look at the Niners' offense, they didn't play bad. You know, they, they were able to, they think they put up, what, 37 points? Um, I think Brock Purdy had one interception on a bomb that was, you know, a little fluky. Um, but I'm not really too worried about the Niners. They play the Cardinals. They play the Cardinals uh, next Monday or next week. That should be, you know, top liver for them. But that was a trap game for them. Um, I'm not going to take too much out of it. It was a very, very entertaining game. I'm going to talk about the Raiders in just a few seconds. But the Niners, I'm not really worried about them at all. I think outside of, I'll put them up there with, with Cincy. I'll put them up there with the Bills and the Chiefs, not Cincy really right now. But I'll put them up there with them three. I, those are my top three picks to, to go in the Super Bowl. So really, honestly, it's the Niners. It's the Niners opportunity. The Niners, if they only lose, they're going to lose themselves. I can't think of maybe Philly if they can get all the way healthy. Um, the Cowboys, if they can get their act together, I'm not so keen on them as I once was. Um, but I think it's the Niners opportunity to go back to the Super Bowl this year. Um, and then now the question is going to be, do you keep Jim, do you keep Brock Purdy in or do you keep Jimmy G in? If I'm uh, Kyle Shanahan, I think I would stick with Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy has gotten you this far. He's four and O. As a legitimate starter and technically 5-0 because when Jeremy Garoppolo got hurt against the game against the Dolphins, I think it was the Dolphins, I think it was the Dolphins, when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, that was uh, that, was, that was early in the first quarter, so Brock pretty, pretty much had five NFL games. He hasn't, they're not doing anything for him to, for him to do, do extra, and yes, if we keep it in the buck. The Raiders were up by 10 points and Brock Purdy was able to bring them back. So he's shown you that he can he can lead a team to come back and and, and win a game. So there, there there's there's really no little to no concern of what Brock Purdy can't do. He's not turning the ball over. Um, at least when he does turn the ball over, he's got a great defense where they, they the opposing team doesn't really they're not able to capitalize on the turnover. So they have a great running game with Christian McCaffrey. Um and and Ray Ray McLeod, Brandon Ayuk has has really really stepped up and is finally starting to play like a first rounder. I'll tell you something about Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is what people wanted C D Lamb to be. Um and Brandon Ayuk is a solid number two receiver who's been able to get elevated up to number one with uh Debo Samuel out right now. And he's he's flourished. Like I think he scored touchdowns in the last two or three games and he's he's been balling out of control. Does does that mean is that mean knocking C D Lamb? Not at all. Not even the closest, but C D Lamb his 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 he doesn't make the splash landing like yes you look at it you look at the box score and be like oh yeah he's got you know seven eight catches for a buck twenty you know you got a couple of touchdowns here and there but they're not body blows such as like a what a Brandon Ayuk does I mean he caught a a critical third or fourth down with a with the ball got popped up in the air he was able to catch that caught a touchdown so he's he's making the 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 impact plays and I think his plays are just landing a little bit harder than CeeDee Lamb at this point. Not taking nothing away from CeeDee Lamb. I just think that CeeDee Lamb is a legitimate, solid number two receiver. I don't know if he can be that guy, um, the guy, but he is that guy, if, if you know what I mean. So transitioning, I have not been able to be on this podcast for a week. Like I said, I took the week off to spend time with my, my loved ones, friends and family. Had a great time. During that week, though, we saw the, well, I wasn't really surprised. I kind of seen things. Here's the thing. 
So I live here in Las Vegas. The line against the Niners and the Raiders, I want to say Tuesday was the Niners were six and a half points favorites. All of a sudden, the spread moved up to 10 point, 10 and a half. And people were like, yo, what's going on here? Why has the spread just jumped up to, to another five points, basically four points? And there had started being a little bit of grumblings around here in town that Derek Carr might get benched or there's something was going on with Derek Carr. There was going to be a move. There was something significant that was going to take place. So I had started getting wind of it around eight, about nine o'clock, nine, ten o'clock. And, you know, then it started surfacing around Twitter that, you know, Josh McDaniels might make a move. He might pull the plug on Derek Carr. About 1 p.m. on his uh, press conference, boom, it's official tissue. Derek Carr is no longer, he's going to be benched, and they're going to start Jared Stenham. <sighs> this is probably the most disappointing year I can think of for the Raiders. And the reason why I say this is because this team has no excuses on why they are a 6-10 and 10 team. This team has all of the tools. You can blame a little bit on the defense, and the defensive coordinator, Paul Patrick Graham, needs to be fired as soon as Monday comes. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know how he's been able to survive this entire season. Um, he's been trash. But there's been a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. The secondary for probably the 15th year in a row is just one of the worst in the league. Um, I thought Nate Hobbs was elevated around, I think, a I think that Vance Metrics had him right around like one of the top 10 cornerbacks when the leaks, when the season started, he got hit with injury bug. And then next thing you know, he's out here playing with a club on his hand. Um, and I think he just got the club removed off of his hand the last couple of games, but he's been, he's been, he's had a case of the lemon booty Chandler Jones. I don't know why the Raiders didn't try to go get Khalil Mack back. That would have made more sense than trying to get Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones looked like he, he's about, he moving around like he Grady from Sanford and Son. I mean, he he just he just bumbling, stumbling around. I think he didn't get his first sack until about three or four weeks ago. Yes, he had the the, the you know the fumble ruski. He runs Mac Jones over last week. Play yada yada yada. Not last week, but the week before last. He ain't looked like himself at all. So there's a lot of wasted money on that. Rock Yasin, who came from I believe the Texans, he ain't panned out well. Another guy got hit with injury bug. Jonathan Abram, they ended up cutting him, which he shouldn't have never got drafted that high in the first place. Cleveland Farrell on the defensive line, another guy that another Gruden guy who was I don't even know how he's been able to stay on this team, but we already know he's not going to make it past the season because he's on his rookie contract. And he's one of the last of the John Gruden people, the John Gruden days, and he's going to be gone. He, he has a boneheaded play lined up in the neutral zone against the, 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 the Rams on Thursday night that practically cost him in the game. So, the, I don't know how Patrick Graham has been able to keep his job. But to bench Derek Carr, who was literally the face of the franchise last year, who was doing Mr. Cleanup, Mr. Damage Control all of last season between the firing of John Gruden, uh, my man Henry Ruggs out here killing somebody and a dog. Uh, 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 um, Damon Arnett, another aloof who was out here with guns. Nate Hobbs out here having a DUI. All of these things that have taken place and Derek Carr was able to keep things together and with less talent, get this team to the playoffs. Now, I'm not going to lie. He, that 
Pittsburgh Steelers game on Christmas Eve, two things about that. There was no way the Steelers were going to lose that game right after the death of Franco Harris, who died, like, passed away out of the clear blue two days before that game. There was no way the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to lose that game. That was almost like a homecoming game for them. They, lo- they If they would have lost that game, Mike Tomlin might have got fired. You just don't lose a game where you're the one of the, the founding fathers of that franchise just passes away suddenly. You can't lose that game. There's just no way you lose that game. So I already knew the Raiders were playing with one hand, one arm tied behind their back because it's an emotional game. They were already going to retire Franco Harris's jersey. Um, there, were, there was the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. There was a lot going on before that game even took place. So there was almost a homecoming game before this man even passed away. The fact that when he did pass away, it just put even more pressure on the Steelers to win. So there was no way the Steelers could lose that game. I just knew they weren't. But the fact that, I'm not going to lie, Derek Carr, he, that last drive when he threw that ball, there, that interception to to, to the Steelers, and, and it was literally in the opposite direction of where Hunter Renfro was throwing, I was like, ooh, okay. Okay. Like, it didn't sit well with me. But to make Derek Carr the scapegoat, it's scapegoat especially after yesterday, it just don't, you know, it don't look right. Now, did Jared Stedham look look like a quarterback? Yeah. He did look like a quarterback that can that can, that can function in the NFL. Yeah, but uh, let's keep it up. But he's in the NFL for a reason. Like, I mean, yes, you do have guys like the guy. I don't even know the dude in Arizona. He looks like trash. Um, the dude that ended up backing up, coming in for Teddy Bridgewater, trash. Um, the oh, I was going to say the Rams, but they ended up getting Baker Mayfield. Um, so the, the Jared Stenham, I mean, here's my thing. If Jared Stenham was any good, he wouldn't have been. They, the Patriots wouldn't have drafted Mac Jones last season. Just, just put that as a footnote. I mean, Tom Brady was drafted in what the sixth or seventh round. You know, he ended up being able to be one the, the greatest quarterback of all time. So, if Jared Stenham had anything working, why did the Patriots draft Mac Jones last year? Let's keep let's let's think about that. Josh McDaniels was there. He was the offensive coordinator. So he had to see something in him to be like, all right, you know, we should we should go with him. They bring John Jared Stidham over to the Raiders this year. I thought he was just going to be a backup. I was like, oh, okay, there's probably just somebody here to help Derek Carr in the, in the, in the film room with the terminology, blah, 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 blah. I didn't think that he was going to actually get the starting nod. And he threw two interceptions at, at crucial moments. So if you're telling me that you're going to put in Jared Stidham, over Derek Carr, and he throws two crucial interceptions and pretty much cost it in the game. What was the difference? Well, it's a money move. And the cold part about it is the pay, uh, the Raiders actually had a sliver of a hope of making them and making it into the postseason. They actually had a couple of things, a little bit of luck falling in the Jets' loss, so that gave them an the opportunity. Um, and I believe the Patriots beat whoever they beat yesterday that kept their hope alive. So that basically meant that if the Raiders would have won this week, uh, yesterday against the Niners, the Chiefs games would have had a little bit more meaning, a lot of bit more meaning, actually, depending on how other things would have played out. But it didn't take place. So I look back to say all this, that if Derek, if they, if the Raiders would have won yesterday, okay, then you could be like, all right, especially the way Jared Stidham didn't throw those two turnovers over. And then, you know, you might have a case like, okay, well, you know, maybe there is something. But I will say this right now. I am a diehard Raider fan. And I feel like I'm in uh in rehab. And and so now I gotta go find something to get, you know, to get jet you know, jet up on. 
I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been clean because, uh, you know, the season's been a wash. And until Josh McDaniels is, is, is fired, I don't know if I'm a, you know, I'll be a Raider fan, but I don't know how much of a Raider fan I'm going to be. I don't know if I'm going to go up in the, I don't know if I'm going to step foot up in the Legion Stadium right now. Um, so I got to find me a team. I think I might, you know, get, email the show. Let me know what's a team that I can get on. Like, I can't get on the, on the Chiefs hype. It's, too, it's I can't do that. That's in the division. Um, I feel like everybody's on that hype beast. Um, Bills, I, I'm not going to Buffalo, bro. I, I ain't got no reason to go up to no Buffalo, New York. Um, I'm trying to think of another team. I can get jiggy with Miami, but that's another city. Like, I'm cool. I ain't been there. I'll be th- I'm 35. I ain't been to Miami all my life. If I ain't been there now, I missed that train. I'm thinking like Detroit. Um, maybe I'll, I'll get on the Lions train. I kind of like to, I like what the Lions do. Uh, what's another team? The Jets. I love Gang Green. I love what Robert Sala's doing up there. So I can, you know, if you see me with a Jets jersey on, mind your business. But I think I got to find somewhere where I can get that little quick little, you know, I can I can hit that thing one more time and and, and, and reminisce about how good it is to to be on that uh on on the contraband because the Raiders right now that's just bad juju. Um, you know, if this was like three or four years ago, the team's just not good. Like the team's just not, you know, you you can have a legitimate case like man. They ain't got nobody on this team, but you got Josh Jacobs, who's leading the league in rushing in and all scrimmage yards, who's probably, probably either going to get on a franchise tag or they're just going to let him walk. Barring whatever Devontae Adams wants to do with this whole Derek Carr situation, he might want out, and I don't blame him. Darren Waller, he's been injury riddled the last two seasons. As much as I love him on and off the field, if they were to get rid of him, I would be hurt, but I would understand that as the business side of things. Hunter Renfro. Another guy who's been hit with the injury bug, um, especially this season, as well as not last season, but the year before last. I could see them probably moving on with him as well. Um, so the Bills do on on, on Derek Carr and, and Josh Jacobs. It seems like Jared, Derek Carr has already unfollowed the Raiders, and rightfully so. This man gave it all. Um, but Derek Carr, he's got options. He can go to Detroit. Uh, not Detroit. He can go to the Jets. He can go to the Dolphins got some issues at quarterback. And I'm gonna run a little over, but the Dolphins got issues. I Tua Tagovailoa is on his third concussion this year. Next year, I believe. Now going into next season, they pick they can pick up his fifth year option, which they might. But if he is having all these concussion issues, and the Dolphins have all of these weapons, I don't know why Derek Carr wouldn't go there. Teddy Teddy Bridgewater, I can't put my finger on it. I've never seen a dude. Outside of maybe Tyrod Taylor, where every time they get on the on on the on the field, that very game they're hurt. Like I've never seen that in them in them type of two dudes. Between them two dudes, every time they get on the field, they're always hurt. I just don't get it. How how, how are you getting hurt again? So they got issues at quarterback. Derek Carr could be an easy fit in Miami. I I would strongly consider that. Also, no state taxes in Florida. Tampa Bay is going to need a quarterback next year. I don't see Tom Brady running it back. So you got. Some places where they're in win-now mode. The Jets need a quarterback. I like White Mike. I don't know about Zach Wilson. I, I don't know what his his situation is, but it don't look good up there. So the Jets need a quarterback. Lionel Richie and the Commandos, the Commodores, the com- Commies, whatever you call that team in Washington, they need a quarterback. And they're about one or two pieces away from making a splash landing. The Rams is interesting. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Baker Mayfield. I don't know what they're going to do with Matt Stafford. Apparently, Matt Stafford's allegedly saying that he wants to play again. I don't know why. Like, you won your championship, bro. Like, just chill out. The Cardinals. Kyler Murray's not playing next year. 
Do you put Derek Carr on a one-year rental and see what you got with, with A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins? Just the thought process. You can put them on a one-year rental. Just saying. Now, for what the Raiders can do, Raiders got they've won too many games. So right now, I think they're projected in the 2023 draft to be drafting around eighth. I don't know if C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young will be hanging that low. I don't know too much about this Max Duggar kid from TCU, but he's he's going to the draft. Um, so now what you do? I think it's time to blow this team up, which is unfortunate for the city of Las Vegas because the city is known for immediate winning when they come here. And the Raiders have basically let this city down because the Golden Knights have been proven winners. Even though they haven't won a Stanley Cup, they've gotten to the Stanley Cup finals their in their inauguration year. And they've been getting to the Western Conference Finals, I think, two out of the last five years. The Las Vegas Aces, since they've relocated, have gone to the WWE Finals, and they actually won the championship out here. So, the city the city wants winners. So, I don't know what it's going to look like. I feel like the city's about to turn into the LA SoFi Stadium, where the opposing team just comes and hijacks the stadium. Because that's where it's at right now. And yesterday was a prime example. The city, and that's another thing. When I go to these Raider games, it don't feel like a Las Vegas thing. Um, my wife and I, we went to the Golden Knights game Saturday. And we were sitting there talking. We was like, oh, this feels like a Las Vegas city. Like, when I say city, the people that live here in Las Vegas, they show up and show out to the Vegas Golden Knights games. You go to a Raider game, it don't feel like that. It's very, very corporate -y. It's very, very touristy. It's almost like it is a, how can I say it? It's almost like it is a it's an attraction. It's no different from going to see uh, Donny Osmond or David David Copperfield. Like it's an attraction, so people flock out to, to to come to Vegas to be like, oh, we're just gonna go to a Raider game. It don't it don't feel like it is a city of Las Vegas thing. Yeah, you go around outside of the strip and you see people in their Raider paraphernalia. One, you ask that person had been to a Raider game, they're probably gonna say no. Why? Tickets are way too expensive. So. It's almost actually cheaper for me, per se. Um, I've been to a few... How many games have I been I've been to two games this season. Um, but I've been to games in New Orleans this season. Last year, I went to a game in New York. It's almost cheaper to go away to watch the Raiders than it is to watch the Raiders here in Vegas. So, very, very interesting. But the Raiders, they, they better figure it out because the city is going to turn their back on them as fast as they came into the city. They will chew them and spit them right back out. I'm telling you that right now. It's 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 the city's very very impatient, and I think the city this year was a prime example of just how disappointing the season was. But it all goes back to what does Mark Davis want to do? Does he want to fire Josh McDaniels, who I think needs to go? He I don't know how he's lasted this long, but he needs to go. He needs to go. And also, if you keep it a buck, Derek Carr gave you know they got the vote of confidence. Mark Davis gave the vote of confidence to keep Josh McDaniels in. This is what you get. I don't know. It just doesn't look good. So, um, you know, there's, you know, it's just been a bad season. But that Niner game, I think I felt like it was a trap game. It was a trap game. It's a rivalry game. Um, it's the Battle of the Bay still to this day. So it was a trap game for the Niners. Not going to take too much off of that game. Now, told you all, man, this weekend was probably the first holiday I've been able to just chill out around the house, not be on the road. So it felt really, really good to sit sit here at the house. Yeah, I watch a little bit of college football playoffs. You know, like I said, college football, I'm from the Bay Area. It's not really a huge thing. Yes, we got people that watch it, um, but we don't we don't really rock with it all like that. It ain't as big as it is in Texas, the Midwest, the South. Hell, even if you go up to New York, don't nobody care about no college football. You go to L.A., don't nobody care about no college football. 
Um, so it's a regional thing. If you go up north, northwest Seattle, ain't nobody worried about no college football. Um, so if you go to your metropolitan cities, um, they're not really worried about college football. So, you know, it's just something I don't really try, rock with. But I work from home now, full time. Um, great, great. Love my job. And the benefit of me being at work from home is I can put on, you know, something on ESPN. While I was working from home this past couple of weeks, every day they had on some dumbass bowl game. The Cheez-It Bowl. The Duke's Mayo Bowl. Um, the Pinstripe Bowl. Bruh, what's up with all these damn bowl games where they don't mean a damn thing? I, I, I just, what are we doing? You know, I saw teams with the record of like 5-6 and six or 6-6 six and six in the bowl game. What's up with these everybody gets a trophy type of things? Email the show, man. You rocking all these bowl games? Because I'm not. You know, then you got seniors that if they ain't in the if they ain't in uh, if, if the if the senior is a top top first round second round type of projection, they ain't even playing them games. So my thing is this: if I was a senior and if I wasn't in the college football playoffs, man, I'm gonna tell y'all to kiss my you know what. I'm out. I'm about to start prepping for the draft. Is these bowl like are these bowl games really helping the sport? Because if I'm a six and six team over at I, I don't know. UNLV and I go to the Hawaii Bowl. What? I don't give a damn. Like, no, I'm cool. You know, they play that one game up in uh, Boise State where the, where the turf is blue, the blue potato chip bowl or whatever. They got all these random bowl games outside of people who got really, really bad gambling habits that just bet on anything. I don't know what's beneficial, what's beneficial for having all these bowl games. I would really like to see how much money is being, how much revenue is being driven in at the doggone pinstripe bowl. Uh, what or the Bahama Bowl? You gotta fly your team all the way out to the Bahamas for a team that was five and six or six and six to play another team that was five and six or six and six for what? And I'm gonna be. And here's another thing: the TV ratings for those New Year's Six games, like the semifinals, it's a bad idea to have those games on New Year's Eve. What was that? The Ohio State Georgia game. The game didn't end till midnight. I'm pretty sure on the East Coast in the South. Folks was out there either watching Dick Clark's rocking New Year's Eve or they went out and went to go shake their booties, especially on the East Coast. West Coast, you might have had a little bit of liberty, but like I said, ain't nobody on the West Coast really rocking with college football all like that. Um, so I, my, my thing is, if you are, I'm going to be honest with you, like if you're not in the semifinals, like I'm not even really rocking with this whole Cotton Bowl with Tulane against USC, like, huh? in the Rose Bowl and actually I looked at the tickets for the Rose Bowl I thought about going and I saw who was playing Penn State against Utah I'm cool no no I'm not watching that so uh, the, the I don't know if you're not in the like, to me the only appealing games really are the college football playoffs like I don't care what Caleb Williams does in the Cotton Bowl Classic I don't care I can't even name you who's outside of James Franken that looks like Michael Keegan um, for Penn State, I can't tell you nothing else about that program. Okay, I, I don't care. So now we got to sit here for another two or three days, filling up our TV slots with college football with meaningless games that don't mean a a damn thing. It's just I don't know. But you know, I do think Georgia they dodged a fifty count round playing with Ohio State. That was a lot better. And this year's college football game, college football semifinals were actually a lot closer than they have been. I think since I don't know, I think this is year ten since they they put this the uh, this tournament together, and I think this is the third. There's only been three games that have been decided within one score for the semifinals, so it's actually gotten better the quality of play. I just don't know who's all really watching those games on New Year's Eve. Like I think they need to push that game to the left or to the right. 
to make it a little make it make sense a little bit more. But anyways, that's neither here or there. You got now Georgia against TCU. Boy. TCU is probably the first ever Cinderella team that's gotten this far. Maybe you could say LSU, the Joe Burrow year, maybe. Um, maybe, but they still, I mean, when nobody stopping Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson uh, and uh, what's my man's name? Clyde's Edler, Edler, Edward Elaine, um, you know, Patrick Queen, uh, Stingley. Like, you can go on and on about that team. I mean, I think they started off unranked and they were able to get all the way to the finals. But outside of that, I can't think of a Cinderella team that's gotten this far. So um, I would like to see TCU beat Georgia, but I don't I don't think that's happening. I think TCU, but uh, I think Georgia might put a 50-10 burger on these boys. Like, I just, <clears throat> if Ohio State had to do all that just to barely, you know, just to get that close to beating them, I don't know if TCU has that firepower to beat them. I could be wrong. Like I said, I don't watch a lot of college football. But from what I've seen, I just don't know if they got it in them. Michigan, yo, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, if I'm Mark Davis, I'm calling Jim Harbaugh up right now. Not to mention, Jim Harbaugh had to take a pay cut for extension. <clears throat> so, the bill is about to be due for Jim Harbaugh. Mark Davis needs to figure out what he wants to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, quick little NBA notes. I told you all about them, uh, about them Brooklyn Nets. I said it on my tip-off show a couple months ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. I told y'all the Nets were going to be, if they can get it together, if number 11 of the Brooklyn Nets can act like a basketball player and not worry about anything else, they might be something. I also said if Ben Simmons can look like anything close to what he once was, they might be some problems. People be forgetting about KD being top three to five players in the NBA. He's just that. I mean, he has been... The fact that KD is not getting any MVP love right now is a little bit of shade. It's more like the the MJ, LeBron, Steph Curry type of thing. And probably even Freaky Greaky where it's like, all right, man, we can give him the MVP every year, but we not. Um, I'm just not. I, I, the Nets, I think maybe they are eh, maybe one or two players maybe coming off the bench away from being a top three team. I think they can compete with Milwaukee. I think they can also compete with Boston if they bolster up their bench. Now, the yin and the yang is if Ben Simmons can up his point average from eight to maybe about fifteen, then you may not need to need that uh, that extra player. But if they're at the rate that they're going, they may just be a top three team that I don't know if they can get by. But this is a huge improvement for what they once were early this season. As well as last year. So it makes me wonder. Maybe Steve Nash was the problem. Like I think Jacques Vaughn with that Grady beard. Got number 11's attention. And is like yo I'm not I'm not fooling with this. You gonna listen to me. Or I don't want this job. So looking back at it now. They were I think we're trying to get uh, Udoka to come over there. But keeping Jacques Vaughn around. It looked like it's panned out well. Um, I think number 11 likes to listen to people. With the got the Grady beards. Um, and Jacques Vaughn. So I, I think they are one or two spots away. I also went to the Warriors. Memphis Grizzlies game Christmas Day. And I thought Andrew Wiggins was going to come back that day. He didn't play. Um, so they were down two all-star starters. And I was like, man, I'm not too sure about this Grizzly team. I, and I, I had been thinking about that the last couple of days as I was leading into that game. I was like, I'm just not too, I'm not too sold on them. I know everybody else is sold on this Grizzly team, but I'm not. And I feel like they've, I, I think I said it on my show last show or the show before last. I feel like they've already hit, like they hit their stride. This is as good as they're going to be. 
And I don't know if that translates into championships or even the Western Conference Finals. It's just, it's just how I feel. I've seen a lot of basketball in my, my years of walking on this earth. And it's just one of those teams, like, it's a fun team. Like, they're, they're a good team to watch. You know, they'll, they'll make, like, a little NBA TV special about them maybe 20 years from now about how they was out here, you know, Get you know gigging out before they come out to the you know come out and come out and run through the tunnel you know they they a cool little team and you know they'll get the you know grind city but I, I I just don't think that it's a team that you can really sustain with winning a championship I think they're a little skinny on on the front court um, Jared Jackson just don't know how to play defense I mean my man's out here fouling out every other game when he ain't fouling out he's 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 legit but my man this is his third or fourth year in the league. He don't know how to play defense, clearly, because he out here fouling every damn time. That's what young players do. When they when they start panicking, they start hacking. And he hasn't been able to figure out how to play defense. So Jerry Jackson Jr., red flag. Uh, I can't tell the difference between Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain, maybe because their initials are DB. Um, but I feel like they haven't gotten any better than what they are. John Morant, how long can he sustain jumping out the gym at the rate he's going? I mean, he out here trying to dunk on everybody every game. And then two games later, he got a rolled ankle, um, a contusion, uh, some type of sprain, um, back spat. Like it's he going to be either Derrick Rose or Russell Westbrook where the fall off is just going to go. He's just going to plateau real quick. The fall off is, is inevitable with John Morant. If he don't learn how to slow down and let the game come to him as opposed to him taking over the game. It's just he ain't sustained that yet. So how long can my man play at that high level is what I'm trying to figure out. So I so I saw the so saying all that I didn't I, the Warriors got to be the most Dr Jekyll Mr Hyde team if I've ever seen one I've never seen a team that just looks mind you the the last game before that they had lost I was packing up I was packing my bags have have the Brooklyn Nets against the the Warriors game on in the background and I didn't realize they had put up ninety one points in the first half and I was just like oh my gosh this is bad so and then, then I think the night before that they had lost by thirty piece to the Knicks who I mean. Ugh. They all of a sudden, you know, they win seven games, and all of a sudden now they lost five games in a row. You know, they New York, New York media, they the people in New York. <laughs> that's all I can say. Um, but they, the, the Warriors, they've, they, I think they've won three in a row. I watched the New Saturday game. I think it was Saturday, Friday or Saturday. They played over the weekend, and they were down. They were up by eighteen. Um, then they were down by eleven. And they ended up coming back and beating the Blazers. I just haven't, and when if you watch the Warriors play on the road and at home, they are two different teams, and I can't put my finger on what it is with them. But you got somebody named Ty Jerome from New York out here just balling out of control. Um, my man Lamb out here balling. Um, Jonathan Kaminga's looking like a, a, a looks like what he was last year in his rookie year. Um, James Wiseman all of a sudden knows how to rebound the ball and set screens. Um, Moses Moody, some I can't, somebody I can't put my finger on just yet. But this team right now, when they play at home, you'd be like, "Oh no, nah, they don't need to make no moves. Like they can figure it out. They they got it. This is a championship caliber team. When they go on the road, they look like nothing but some G League players. It just don't it don't make sense to me. And I'm so torn because we're coming up around 35, 40 games. Believe it or not, which is wild. We're coming up around like 30 or 40 games already. And Bob Myers really needs to have. A sit-down conversation with Steve Kerr and say, hey, what do we do? Because when they're at home, they're out here balling out of control. When they're on the road, they look like a G League team. What do you want to do? And it's really going to be up to Steve Kerr. Does he really think that they can turn this around on the road? 
Or is he going to have to blow up the bench and say, we got to start fresh and get some players? Dante DiVincenzo starting to ball out of, out of control. Jermichael Green's been out with injuries, but they just don't have a lot of veteran presence. And I think that's what's going to end up biting him in the butt if they can't figure it out really, really soon. So um, just some quick little NBA team, team notes that I've seen. And before we get up out of here, <clears throat> we got to give you the dummy of the day. Yo, like I said, New York media is very, very interesting. They're, they, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like they don't think realistically. Uh, with a lot of things, maybe, you know, I've heard people say, well, this is the first year they've actually been hard on the New York Giants. I don't know. I, I, I beg to differ. This team is trash. Uh, let's just be honest with you. Um, but I'm going to give them the New York Giants the W today for two reasons. One in particular, Kayvon Thibodeau. Bro, what the hell was you doing, man? So you do a blindside sack on Nick Foles. Nick Foles looked like he got shot. Like, he was on the ground just wincing. And you're literally six inches away doing snow angels where your arm is literally touching Nick Foles. You're doing snow angels, and my man's out here gasping for air. You didn't, you didn't, you know, and I'm pretty, and then also I'm going to blame that on this team is to be like, hey, man, get up. Get up, man. This dude's hurt. And then you go on the sidelines, you do Steph Curry, Steph Curry night-night thing, like, as he's getting carted off the field. Just not a bad look, bro. Be a professional. Have a little bit of sportsmanship because you weren't you the same dude that was out here crying when somebody hit you with a low block in the preseason and you felt some type of way about that? It was a legal low block. So keep that same energy, bruh. Keep that same energy. That's all I got to say. Second of all, hey, man. So the New York Giants hadn't been to the playoffs since 2016. I think the Raiders before last year didn't go to the playoffs in about that same amount of time. Might have been 2015, 2016. I don't remember first-year coach slash interim coach in Rich Bisaccia last year getting a Gatorade bath because they clinched a playoff spot. But yet, New York Giants, for some reason, we always have to talk about them because, oh, you know, oh, the, you know, they, they beat the undefeated Patriots and they beat them again a couple years later and, 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 and we, we, we got to talk about them all the time because we got Danny Dimes and Saquon Barkley, whatever. Y'all out here giving Brian Dayball, who looks like Uncle Fester, a Gatorade bath? Really? Because y'all clinched a wild card? Birth? Really? Y'all just sat there and put a big old X on y'all mark on y'all backs coming up in the playoffs. And I hope, and it ain't too far fetched if they play the Niners in the first round, which is not out of the clear blue, they will beat the Minnesota Vikings. That <clears throat> they'll probably beat the Minnesota Vikings. Um I think that's what it's projected to be at right now. But if they, I mean, they'll probably beat the Minnesota Vikings because the Vikings, I just don't believe in them. But coming up in the divisional round, if they got to play the Cowboys, Niners, or Eagles, they're going to get smoked. They're going to get smoked. They don't have enough weapons on the outside. They're going to, especially the Niners, and the Niners are going to just, they're going to sit there and just lay the wood on Danny, Danny Penny's all night long. Um, but yeah, act like y'all been somewhere before. Wait, wait a minute. I guess you can't because you haven't been somewhere since 2016. My bad. But come on now. Y'all really out here getting giving Gatorade baths, y'all? Y'all really out here laying out quarterbacks and then giving the night-night sign? Like y'all, This is the reason why everyone outside of New York ain't rocking with the Giants. Like, not to mention, y'all doing all this. I think they put up 38 points yesterday. Against the team that doesn't have a head coach because the head coach is calling plays for Madden because he got hired off of Indeed. It was the first time y'all put up more than 27 points 
and was also the first game that you won by more than double digits. Take it easy, okay? You want to use it as your homecoming game? Bravo. But let me see that. Keep that same energy when you play against the Eagles next week. Keep that same energy when y'all played Lionel Rich and the Commandos. Keep that same energy when y'all lost to the Cowboys twice this year. I don't even know who you... I think the only win that you got in division this year was against the Commandos. Like, keep that same energy when y'all playing legitimate teams. Because you ain't played nobody really tough this year. Your best win is probably, what, against the Packers? Really? But y'all out here giving purple Gatorade baths to, to your head coach. Round of applause. Way to... Way to go, go big blue, ain't that what y'all say out there? Way, way to, way to look like playoff teams, you know. Way, way to, you know, you, you just y'all, you know what that was? That was no different than when uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves last year eliminated the, the LA Clippers in a playing game. That's exactly what that was last year. That's exactly y'all the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's exactly what that was. But I digress. New York Giants, you all get the dummy of the day as a whole organization between the Kayvon Thibodeau out here doing snow angels next to a quarterback who's gasping for air and then throwing up the night-night sign on the sideline. And then y'all out here giving Gatorade baths because y'all got into the playoffs. Didn't know that's what we uh, strive for, but whatever. Anyways, once again, you've been listening to Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton. This podcast is available on all platforms, so make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also find me on the Twitterverse at Sports Business. You can also email the show. Like I said, email the show. Let me know if y'all are here doing New Year's resolutions or not. I don't. Like I said, y'all can be better every day when you get up off the ground. And we will do this next week. And I am out. Deuces.